Well, hello and afternoon, everybody. Happy Friday here. The recording on the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Ryan Reed here. And, of course, thank you for joining us. Remember to check out our different pieces in that on there uh, and pieces. And you can subscribe to the channel. Get here. We actually have quite a few episodes coming on here. We have one here. We have an episode tomorrow. And we got two more coming up in this couple of weeks. So there's plenty of uh, episodes here. I figured, why not? Let's kick off February. And speaking of February, since... This is the longest short of the month. I thought I needed an awesome guest to really kick us off the podcast here today. So my guest here today, um, he is, of course, been a secondary principal of the year uh, back in thing. In 2015, he was a Renaissance Educator of the Year. 2017, he earned his Doctorate of Educator Leadership from the University of Wyoming. And he was, of course, recently inducted into the Jolson Renaissance Hall of Fame. He is a school district superintendent, speaker, author, publisher, consultant. He focuses on most and in, in leadership and of course he's an ex expert on of course school culture he's sitting ready to go my fellow tax man myself right here I'd like to welcome the one and only dinner pepper to the pixel classroom podcast hey darren hey ryan how you doing man uh you know not too bad as we said before here the knees acting up but hey the groundhog did not see its shadow we're expecting early spring today so uh darren you yeah, know you're joining us from nebraska it. even though i've you know hyped up wyoming as we did before we uh, started recording here too oh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself you know what is your role in education and uh what else do you uh, like to bring to school culture yeah, absolutely, man. So um, I, w I was in public education for 26 years. I actually started as a middle school teacher and um, just absolutely loved doing that. I was a high school teacher, uh, high school basketball coach, high school tennis coach, um, left uh, my time in Arizona, which is where I was a teacher, uh, to go back to my home state of Wyoming. And I became um, an assistant principal. Uh, first, I was in charge of discipline and attendance at a high school, which is uh, certainly a thankless job, right? Yeah, um, and then moved, the assistant yeah. principal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then I transitioned to another assistant principal role in the same building. I was in charge of curriculum, instruction, special programs. Absolutely loved that role. Became the high school principal at that school. Uh, was at that school for 11 years. Absolutely loved my time in southwest Wyoming. Uh, then trans transitioned into the superintendent role. I was a superintendent for four years in Colorado. And a couple of those were COVID years. So um, maybe maybe it was four years of being a superintendent, but it felt like 24 years. And <laughs> my former I superintendent would, say, would agree with that. It felt like he oh, was there I'm for sure. yeah. years and he felt like it was 16 years by the time oh, he 100, left. 100 percent, man. Yeah, no question. No question at all. And, you know, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, at a point in time during the conversation today. But as a high school principal, when I first started, I really struggled. And I was really fortunate. Uh, we got a new superintendent um, a little ways in. That's not the fortunate part. He was wonderful, but he retired. The new guy came in and believed heavily in leadership coaching and hired leadership coaches for all of us. And honestly, it completely transformed me having that having that coach, having somebody to really support me. And so going from, you know, a guy who was just a, a firefighter, a guy who was just running running around trying to solve everybody's problems for them as a principal to somebody who truly was a leader of the school, 
I fell in love with being able to grow my leaders uh, and support my assistant principals, my department heads, my aspiring administrators that were in my school. And so towards the tail end of my, uh, my time as a superintendent, I had written uh, the first edition of my book and started doing some speaking, started doing some leadership coaching and consulting and just absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, so about two years ago, two and a half years ago, transitioned from full-time in public education to now full-time as a leadership coach as a speaker. Um, you mentioned I'm an author, also run a small publishing company here called Road to Awesome. Everything we do is under the Road to Awesome umbrella. And uh, yeah, now I'm all over the country working with leadership teams from Nevada to New York, from, uh, from Texas to Nebraska, um, and a lot of stops in between. And absolutely love doing that work. Love having the opportunity to work with individual uh, school leaders, individual district leaders, and also with with leadership teams, just to, just to help them really get some clarity, really walk in their purpose, and honestly, just fall in love with their job again. Because it's it's a tough time to be a leader, tough time to be an educator. Yeah, and I think that's a good good point. I mean, many people know that I just recently completed my instructional coaching certificate just a couple weeks from Northern, because you know, like I said earlier, I get all my stuff from Northern. Yeah, White. Got I'm not there. Yeah. By, 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 you know, Huskies for life, you know. But I think that's very interesting because you know, I started my career kind of as a technology facilitator, which was basically a low level instructional coach before you know that was actually considered much of a con thing. But what's the difference between being a leadership instructional coach and being the standard instructional coach? I think many people do not understand i know my former principal got her was going to get hers for instructional coaching but she ended up becoming the leadership coach for my former district so like right. where do they where what is the difference between the two and what is like you know where is it like the plan when you're working with that more in leadership versus when you're working mm -hmm. with just teachers sure absolutely well i think a big part of leadership coaching is working with the individual leader to and i already kind of touched on it but to really gain that clarity about what really is important to them and to help them not only improve their individual leadership, but to help them kind of bridge that gap between the, you know, that early transition from the classroom to leadership. Um, and then also just kind of figuring out how do I take a grand vision of my school, of my district, and help everybody take ownership, feel that that ownership of what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Um, it's as an instructional coach, I think often you're really dialing in on specific instructional techniques, or you're diving into supporting people around taking information, taking data, and turning that into actionable steps. As a leadership coach. We're certainly doing some of that, but it's really about helping leaders move from just being the constant firefighter to actually leading their school, to actually mm -hmm. doing that work that is beyond what, what most people think of with the principal. Um, so, so maybe I should have led with this. A lot of people, I think, when, when you talk about being a principal, they're like, oh man, I wouldn't want to do that job. I wouldn't want to deal with, you know, I don't want to deal with naughty kids. That's not the principal's job. That's no. a tiny piece. Discipline is certainly a tiny piece. But, but, but to think that that's what a principal's role is would be 
to equate that to in the classroom, all your job is, is classroom management. There's a million more things that you do. The classroom management piece is just this tiny little bit. And um, I think so many, so many leaders, myself included, um, when you transition from being a classroom teacher to being an administrator, you transition because somebody came along and they tapped you on the shoulder and they said, hey, you know, you really should go into leadership. You know, you really should be an administrator because you've excelled in the classroom. But the skills are not the same, Ryan. They no, don't necessarily I, transfer. And so much of what I do is helping young or struggling administrators kind of, I guess, tease that out and get real clear around where am I good? Where am I struggling? And, and what are some things that I can do to improve my own abilities as a leader? And I provide kind of that third point perspective. So, you know, I'm not the person working in the building every day. I'm not the person who is um, evaluating all of those teachers. So if I'm, you know, I, I was in a school here in Omaha today. I'm in classrooms with, with the building principal. I don't evaluate those teachers, uh, but I can mm -hmm. certainly give my perspective and I can ask really good questions about what they see. So um, that's, a, that's a really long-winded answer. Um, but I think the biggest difference is helping leaders to really get focused on what matters and, and learn how to balance that, that world of organizational management and instructional leadership and, and really bring it all together so that they can be effective in their role. And I think it's a good point. I had an administrator several years ago. He was a fantastic classroom teacher. They offered him, then he became principal. He didn't really take very well to the principal job, and he was a basketball coach too. He left that school and he went to be a dean of students, and he was considered one of the best dean of students they had in like eight years, even though he had, he was, his, his, it was kind of like medium, like they didn't call him like a bad principal. They didn't give him a horrible principal. He was like, he was right. in the middle, you know, he got where it was. He put the discipline where he had to, or where he had to cover things. But then he became a dean of students. and It was a whole different universe versus, you know, one of my former assistants, uh, principals leadership since day one. They said he was fantastic in the classroom. He was on the football field as a coach. He still does coaching all four of his kids. He was area two. And then he just continued to work on that leadership completely throughout. And then unfortunately, I saw one years ago, and this wasn't my school, it was a different school. Fantastic in the classroom. They became an assistant principal and they did okay. And then the principal retired. And they said, well, we might just give it to them. And they didn't do very well. In fact, a year later, they they actually resigned from the position, that, even though they weren't there. But there was just too much back hit, and they're just like, I can't do this job. I just, I thought I could, and I yeah, just well, do this job. Hundred percent. Well, and I would tell you, you know, when I transitioned from the assistant principal role to the principal role, um, so I I mentioned, you know, the role I was in, I was in charge of curriculum, instruction, special programs. I was the instruction leader of our school. Uh, my predecessor, fantastic guy, fantastic principal, but. He was much more old school and mm. very hands-off instructionally. He delegated that. That was my role. And I was very comfortable with that. I was very good at it. And when I interviewed for the job, I remember asking the superintendent, you know, uh, at, at the interview table, you know, we've all sat in the hot seat. Oh, yeah. I in asked there, him, you know, there. hey, what would you expect of me, you know, if I get to be the principal? And I can't tell you what, what the other people at the, at the table said, but I know my superintendent looked at me and said, Darren, I need you to be the instructional leader of the school. Ryan, I already was. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay, so what does that mean? Then he calls, he offers me the job. Cool. Yay. I'm accepting the job. And then it started to soak in. Okay. So 
I already was the instructional leader. Does that mean keep doing everything that I was doing and be the principal and, and, and just figuring out what really is my role? Um, that whole first year, holy cow, man. I'm telling you what, I, I call it Superman syndrome, um, but that that's what I was suffering from. I thought I had to be everything to everybody. I had to be, you know, the one who solves everybody's problems. I had to answer everybody's question. I had to be, I'd be the smartest person in the room every single time. And that's what a lot of leaders fall into. That's that trap mm -hmm. that we kind of get stuck in. And we think, oh man, you know, I just, I just have to do it all. And the reality is, and, and this is where I, I think I, I'm, you know, really good at being that leadership coach because I've lived this. That's not what it's about. It's about, you know, leaning into the strengths of everybody around us, being able to delegate well, being able to stay focused on what really matters. And that's when, when I had a leadership coach, that was that was the big thing that I that I learned that, you know, all of the all of the success that that, I, that came after uh, within our school that I got to be a part of a big a big chunk of that was I was able to get out of my own way stop trying to do everything for everybody and really trust the great, great people I had around me. And, you know, right now, so many leaders, we, we've seen this pretty heavy exodus uh, from superintendents, from, from building principals over probably the last three or four years. And so we have a lot of leaders that are fairly new in their roles that they're all trying to figure that out at once. And, you know, that's, that, that's a big challenge, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, years ago, I became the uh, tech director slash uh, educational edu uh, uh, manager at one of my former schools. And it was just me, but I was also doing enrichment for the grade levels. I was doing it for the middle school. I was tech person. I was fixing this. I was doing contracts. And it was really hard. They said, like, Ryan's wearing all the hats. He's not wearing a couple, a lot of hats. He's wearing yeah. all the hats. It, it took me a good few months, and it took me a couple of crazy classes followed by some very quiet ones versus some crazy months and some slower months. And I think it was around the last three months I was there because then I had, I, had, I had to leave because of budget cuts because um, it was a charter school. But it was like the last three months I finally realized, like, if I delegate this and I get out of my own way and really just – focus on what needs to be done before I'm teaching those kids. Cause then Saturday mornings, I'd be up at five, like five, six in the morning. I grade the paper. So I was yeah. like, it was like a routine. I'd be up before everybody else. Family would be asleep. Yeah. I'd be done in two hours. And it was, it was much easier to do it that way too. But I got into that system. But my biggest thing is I got to get out of the way. I got to get out of the way of myself. Right. And there was also times where it's like, it's quiet. Why don't I take that quiet time just to have the quiet time? Like, I don't need to be, Oh, I need to get that billing. I need that. I'm like, let's, 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 use that quiet time let's sit down and see what's what's coming up that i can start now that's not going to make me stress out in you know two days like i worked on that I would but be you know that's a lot. huge piece right there that's mm -hmm. that's huge i don't i don't mean to interrupt you but but i, no. I don't want to let that yeah. go um you know that's something i think a lot of leaders learn um and and it, it has such an incredible impact on the culture of a school when the leader is running around like everything is on fire Everybody else will run around like everything is on fire. When when leaders can slow down, and or even even kind of have that like you know that below the waterline kind of thing, you know where everything looks calm up here, you know like a duck in the water, everything is calm up here. I might be paddling like crazy down here, right? But when when leaders can have that, 
calm about them, everybody else will be that way. When, when the leader's running around frantic and, and just disorganized and just unsure and trying to just ah, do it all, that's the feeling that like, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard before, you know, that the principal sneezes, the whole school gets a cold. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. If the principal's like this bag of stress, that's that's how everybody else ends up feeling. And it's it's just way too important. I mean, people just, they've got to find exactly what you just talked about. Just find those moments of calm and the moments of quiet and just, yeah. In my, okay. in my current school, because like I said, we're block schedule, but like the morning, then I do breakfast and then I go to thing. But usually first hour, it's my planning period. This, 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 this final semester is I'm in my room and I'm working on things or I'm checking some things for the next couple of days. It's like, I, like, it's like a morning like that. That's, uh, that's, that's me get ahead. But like on my A days, which fourth hour is my planning period. Once I get everybody out of the way, I actually get up and walk. Of course, today was a limping walk as I was joking. Everyone's like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> right, yeah. You're like, you were jumping around an hour and a half ago. Yeah, an hour and a half. But I just say, I need to get away from my room for a little bit. I need, I need to get away from the computer screens. I need to get away from my desk. I need to stand up. And I need, and I also do it because I do a time because I do check with people. I sometimes will go to other classrooms and I will um, observe them just to get some input on mine. So I'll get maybe a the meeting or something, or I do my media section. I'll talk to the meeting director if she's not in a meeting at that time of the day. And like today, I have to go to my culinary arts because they're cooking. And today they were doing homemade noodles. They were doing the homemade sauce. And I'm like, hey, I'm Italian. I need to go into this. And I said, this is part of my diet too. So I, lim- as I said, I got an aspirin. And I limped my way to the other side of the school. Yeah. And I was there, but yeah. I, the kids like it because they're like, oh, Dr. E, what are you doing here? I was like, I heard what you're cooking and I'm here to check it. And I was doing samples and I said, I like this. And then what they usually do is they get the extra and they go to like, they're by the science hall. So they'll go to the science teachers and get opinions too. But it's just good to get away from it all. It just lets me do it. Whether it was a fantastic day, the last three classes, or it was like, boy, those other classes, boy, today was like, boy, this was pulling teeth day. Or like, boy, if it wanted to go wrong, it wanted to go wrong. Like, I just need yeah. to get away from it for like 15 minutes and I say, okay, I'm going back to work and then I'll go back to my room. I'll sit down, I'll grade, I'll get things planned. And then I wait for study hall and then away we go. But yeah, I, I, I've learned a lot. It's just good to get up. And sometimes the kids are always saying like, oh yeah, Dr. Reed, I see you. You don't stay in your room after this class. I'm like, no, I need to get out. I need to get out. I need to stretch it. And I said, now if there's a lot of stuff to do, then yes, I'm going to sit myself down and say, yeah, I'm going to get this graded. And maybe the last 20 minutes I'll get out, do my little checks, bathroom, a little drop things and then I'll get ready for study hall. But it's like, I tell the kids like, I need to get out. I need to get it. I need to take a breath. I need to do it. I said, this is my plan period. This is my time. My administration doesn't bother me. I'm not the only teacher that does this. And it's like, it's just me to get out and I need to do it. Cause it's, it's good. Even if I have, a, even if I have a fantastic day, it just feels to take good to stick stride. Like, boy, what a great day in the class. I mean, th- this was an awesome day and I'm just going to just get out and just smile and just, just do it. And then I'm going to come back and do it over after that. Well, but that's, I mean, that's so good for your own mental health, you know, to just, you just got to get up and move your body sometimes, you know, even if it's, yeah, just go for a short walk or, you know, definitely, I mean, you, you've clearly, clearly got it figured out. I mean, this is like one of the most important things in any school that has a culinary arts program is know what they're cooking and when they're doing it. Right. I mean, if, if you can figure that out and you know when they're when they're doing the noodles and, and that kind of stuff, man, you've got it figured out really, really well. And, and you just happen to get up and move around, you know, as part of the process. But um, 
it's too easy to get stuck at your desk, uh, whether you're a classroom teacher, whether whether you're an administrator, whether, you know, no matter what your role is, it's way too easy to get stuck at your desk. I, even even in what I do now, you know, when, when I'm at home, um, I'm sitting right here at this desk most of the time and I've got to force myself to get up and go move around a little bit too. It's just it's just too important, right? Yeah, it is. And speaking of speaking of roads taken here, you know, we, let's let's move on over to you. You know, a certain book as well. Another <laughs> publishing as you did here, and the the old road to awesome here. You know, the journey of a leader. Which I I, I have to say, I've re- I've read a couple pages. I'm going to buy the, the the full version book. Everybody knows it too. I I have so many teacher books, and I've been joked at from George Chorus to to Dave Burgess. Like you're, you're the one person yeah. I think owns the most educational books out there, Ryan. And it, it's shocking how it is. And even Brian Epistles say it's like, oh Ryan, I am just surprised how many books you read. I'm like, yep, I'm getting ready. But you know, sometimes the budget's there and sometimes not. But it's like, I've got my list. And trust me, once everything clears, I like I go down this list. So what what is the road off? You were talking about how you wrote the first edition. It's now on its second edition, right. actually, if you check Correct. this out. Too. Yeah. But um, what is the road to awesome? And, you know, what went into the first edition and what, what led to now the second edition? Because, I mean, second edition usually means yeah. things have been updated. I mean, I got right. hacking classroom management first edition and the second edition because it was updating things. But really, what what led to the road of awesome? You know, what is what, under the publishing company and what 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 is what can we expect now from the second edition versus what the first edition? was yeah so so the road to awesome comes back to a core story that's in both books um and it's it's really that moment in time for me that it really all changed as as a leader as as an educator heck as a human being um i mentioned that i was in charge of discipline attendance when i first got to the high school where eventually i became principal and in truth we had a pretty toxic culture and i didn't realize that but um, we just, we just did what we did. And our thing was we, f- we focused on all the things that people did wrong. And it was when, when you're focused on the negatives, it's easy to find them. And we were just like, our leadership strategy was punishment to gain compliance. That's really what we were all about. And we're in a staff meeting at a point in time early in that, or in the middle of the first year that I was there. And we're trying to solve, you know, what we probably thought were the, you know, two most important issues in education at the time. You know, what are we going to do about hats? What are we going to do about cell phones? We were in that step. Right. And, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Been, really important been, stuff. In there and done that. Yes. And uh, oh, we're yeah. still. We all have. That. We all have. Right. And um, we're somewhere between, you know, buy the calculator things and put them on the wall. And my shop teacher who said, just just let me crush one cell phone with a hammer. They'll get the message. And <laughs> Um, Sounds like my shop teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably all of them. But uh, yeah, but one of uh, one of the educators in the room raised a hand and she said, Darren, why does it always have to be about what they do wrong? Like, why can't it be about what they do right? And to me, that was that two roads diverged moment. And it certainly didn't name the road at the time. And it, I don't think it necessarily dawned on me at the time. But that was a real pivotal moment for me. It was a pivotal moment for our school, for our school's culture. And ultimately, for most of us, it caused us to really start to change what we were really looking for. Instead of looking for the negatives, we started to look for the positives. And um, the culture of our school transformed from, you know, really a, a negative, negative place to a place where we really were recognizing, rewarding and reinforcing the positives. And I mean, that didn't mean we still didn't have discipline referrals. We did. Right, um, right. 
But that wasn't the focus. That wasn't what it was all about. You know, instead of me starting my day looking around in the hallways for kids doing things wrong, I started showing up at the front door and greeting kids at the front door. You know, not not a landmark kind of thing. A lot of people do that, but I wasn't doing it and I needed to. Um, so the book itself kind of talks about that journey um, and how we really transformed a school from a school that was, honestly, we were struggling. Uh, we really, really were. Our grad rate was poor, attendance was poor. Um, you know, our academics were poor. Um, we had a lot of kids doing things really well. We had a lot of teachers doing things really well. We just weren't looking for it. And so the mm-hmm. more we started to look at that, the more we started to really pour into that, it really transformed the school. And there was a moment in time when um, one of the teachers that I hired kind of late in my time there, he and I worked together the last three years, but, but an absolute education rock star, a guy named Bradley W. Skinner. Um, Bradley and I presented at a conference together and somehow we, we landed on calling our journey, the road to awesome to this day. We don't really remember. Um, I think he would, he would tell you, I came up with the, with the phrase. I, I think he might've come up with it, but road to awesome became our thing and it became our hashtag at our school. And, um, it just continued to grow. And so, uh, when I wrote the first edition of the book, um, that was the title was road to awesome. And then, uh, we reacquired the rights to the book um, about a year and a half ago um, with our own publishing company. Right. And at that point in time, I really felt like, you know, post-COVID, there were some things that I wanted to update this book. Um, you know, uh, just one simple example. So in the book, I talk about six things that were really important to me as, as an instructional or as a, as a school leader. Uh, the six things that, that by working with my leadership coach that were my clarity. Um, and post-COVID, I felt like, you know, those things had kind of changed for me. And so I wanted to make that that adjustment uh, to the book and um, updated, you know, actually quite a bit of stuff in there. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, having the opportunity to do, to do a second edition was great. Um, we're excited the book is out. Uh, well, it's been out for almost a year. Um, we're just a few days actually away from its book birthday. Um, it's sometime in February. I don't remember the exact date. I should, <laughs> but I don't. I know it's in February. Um, but uh, well, reasons yeah, why we did this episode, book birthday time, you know, rebirthday. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Happy book birthday. Uh, exactly. RCA2. There we go. So, we'll just do yeah. that too. No, I, yeah. I, I think I think yeah. I got I think I got one in there too. Let's do it. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah, hey, there we go. There we go. Love it. Love it. I yeah. used to. I, it's a reason why I got the got this brought here just for the sound effect. I think That's it's a good. really. I love good, it. I think there's a really good. You brought up a great point here, and I think and I think this can go either way. But I think you like it when you said when like you know when somebody said, "Hey, Darren, why are we not focusing on what we're doing?" well in the school but like you said there's still discipline some schools want to say well maybe if we just don't talk about the negative and just say completely about the opposite it's good but like yeah but it does it you're, yeah. then you're kind of got a narrative and then it's some people are like we're always yeah. awesome we're always like look at our thing look at our awards look at our, that's great um is it perfect well no what are you doing to work on the things that aren't working for a school well that's a good question or some people are like, hey we're working on this we're working on that that's even better it's like okay you're working but then it's like okay you're working on the negative what's the awesome right now in your school well that's a good point <laughs> it's like we're work. It's, exactly. it's like sometimes it goes yeah. one end of the street or the other like we're always talking about what awesome but then we're not going to talk about the negative but then we're say hey we're going to address all the negative but then we're not talking about what is really going well for us too right. and it's 
it, like you said, it's yeah. that healthy balance and what turns it around. I mean, I know a school I worked at years ago, it had a very really poor discipline issue. This was years, years ago. And it completely turned around because they said, you know what? They were addressing the negative. They were saying, yeah, we got to work on this. We got to fix it. But then everybody's like, well, what's going well for the school? And people went, oh, that's a good point. What What is going well for us, yeah. right? Like, we're addressing yeah. all this. And they even show, like, test scores turn around, you know, suspension turn around, expelling rates turned around. But then they were like, well, what's, well that's great. But what else is going well for the school? And people were like, uh, well, um, hmm, uh, yeah, it's that. You got a point there. And the people are like, hey, we got a basketball. Hey, we're on Scholastic Bow. We're here. It's like, oh, what do you do about the people who aren't doing well? We're like, well, we don't like to talk about that very much. I, I think right. some people want to focus on one side of the other. Like I said, everybody wants to focus on the bad, but they don't want to focus on the positive. Or they want to focus completely on the positive, but they don't want to talk about the bad. Or say, like, hey, we're doing really well with this, but you know, we, we, we're working on this and it's getting better. Like, I know one of my previous yeah. school, they were having a lot of, you know, Simon's not turned in, like you said right there, attendance was issue. So they implemented a new program and it started turning things around. But at the same time is they're like, hey, we got championships. Hey, we, we're going to state for the third time. We got FFA and FBLA. They're doing state champions. So it was kind of like, well, you're, you're kind of in the middle. So you know what? That's awesome. Why do I want to talk about your school some more? You know, so they kind of found that balance and they knew like, hey, it's not perfect, but we're doing really well, too. Right. Well, and that's I mean, to me, that's that's one of the big keys in, in the culture of your school is, you know, what what are you what are you looking for? And then are you actually celebrating those things? You know, when when I work with schools now, you know, whether it's working with leadership teams or professional development for an entire school, that's one of the places we're going to go is right what you just talked about. You know, what are the things that are going well? Because it's easy to talk about the negatives. It's easy to focus on the negatives, right? I mean, it's just one of those things that that we do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now we're, we're in a society that, you know, blame is the national pastime. You know, I yeah, mean, we've, sadly. We've, we've bypassed we've bypassed baseball. We're, we've gone right to blame as our national pastime. And so w- when you blame, you're looking for negatives, right? You're looking for the things that are wrong. Um, as opposed to just focusing on what's good. And so that's something I push with schools and with leaders is let's start with what's good because I want them to work on building that mindset of looking for the positives, but not exactly how you talked about it, not to the point where we're ignoring negatives. Not, I don't want that toxic positivity. It doesn't benefit anybody. But we do need to we do need to be talking about the narrative of our school and how that narrative is here are the great things happening in our school you know we talked about at our school that um you know we were traveling the road to awesome and you know we got questions about it all the time i loved it i mean i did so many radio interviews and just sat and talked with parents and and that kind of stuff and people would ask you know what does that really mean and you know to me it's like every single one of us we're on a journey. We're all traveling. We're all going somewhere. Why wouldn't we want to go someplace awesome? And so, um, you know, ultimately, let's let's focus on doing the things and, and talking about the things that are taking us to a great place, as opposed to just everything that's broken, everything that's, you know, just not perfect. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can riff on this for hours because, you know, those two questions, seriously, Ryan, I mean, they, they changed me. They changed how I look at things. And, and to be honest with you now, I mean, I would say, you know, over the last couple of years, 
we've distanced ourselves from, you know, uh, you know, some, some people that are a little bit negative, um, distanced ourselves from, you know, just kind of some negative situations because, you know, we've, we're all on a journey, you know, why, why would we, why would we want to be stuck, you know, in, you know, in, in a part of a journey that's just all negative and, and, and nasty and, and that kind of stuff. Let's, let, let's focus on where we're going and let's focus on the good things that are happening along that way. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important thing. I mean, my, myself too, it's like, you know, I have issues and I have bad days and I'm just like, man, I don't know why this never wants to go right. Or why do I always have to deal with this in my, in this class specifically? But at the same time, right. yeah, as people will see it, I will go in those classrooms no matter what, whether it's my best or my okay classes. And I still go in there like I'm excited. I remember the other day I was uh, talking to my one class. They're like, Dr. Reed, why are you so excited? I'm like, this is my favorite chapter in this unit. Like, you seem to have a favorite chapter for every unit. I'm like, I know. And I'm like, and some things I teach, I'm always excited about because it's like, it's great. And then sometimes I'm like, guys, just so you know, this is probably going to be the one where you're going to hate me talking. It's not the best chapter. I teach it because it's you need to know it and it works for everything else. But you know what? I'm going to make it to work the best I can. But I'm going to tell you right now, I can understand some of you are going to glaze over right now because it's happened. I'm sorry. Because it unfortunately yeah. it contains that material. It's like I can't. I'm like I've I've, I've done my best to spruce this up as amazing from the assignments to our exit tickets to how it'll work on our next project. Great, but it's like you know what, guys? This is probably going to be the most painful assignment. Sorry about it, but let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump on in and do it. But you know, it's like it does. It happens. Like I talk about forecasting, marketing. I'm like, guys, this is probably the most painful assignment you're you're going to have right now today. <laughs> it's going to make sense in the long run. But this is more, yeah. and then there's, there's, I do that for all classes. Like there's just one where it's like, you know, this is gonna, this is gonna be that one where it's just like, oh boy. <laughs> right. It, well, it, and it, it's, it's not about, it's not about avoiding that or, or, or pretending that the negative, you know, or the challenging stuff isn't there. But it's definitely learning from it, and, you know, in the classroom right now. I mean, I think when we get to those types of situations, you know, sometimes it's just we just have to learn that we can do hard things. We just have to learn that we can persevere, that we do have, you know, the ability to push through and get to the favorite part, you know, but maybe it's just not right around the corner. Yeah. And I, I think that's, oh, and I think that's a good point. Actually, I think I'll probably use that line like, Hey, around the corner, once we get around this corner, you know, it, it's going to be fantastic or you'll see where it pays off later on and everything else too. It's just, yeah, yes. And it is. And it's like, I've, I've taught several classes over the, I mean, I remember when I was just doing, you know, the, you know, administration job and I was doing an, an, an enrichment class, but I would, I would come up this one. It was important to learn because it built off scaffold nicely off a of previous assignment. And later on it paid off. And I was just like, Oh, they're, they're going to be biting their lips. Like, Oh, I, just don't want to do this anymore please make it stop but then once yeah. we got over that hurdle they're like oh, oh oh this is why we learn oh now it makes all sense but it was just like i i remember the one it was a type of coding class but a reason so they could understand their their angles and stuff because then once they got to the next part they loved it but it was just like they were biting their teeth like dr reed i hate right. math or oh i hate geometry i'm like i know and I'm the first to admit I'm not the best at math. And they look at me like, you do not, not like math? I'm like, I didn't say I didn't like math. I just said I'm not the best at math. But trust me, it, two days from now, you're going to be very happy about that. And sure enough, two days from now, they were, they were like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense now. I mean, today I was doing keyboard shortcuts, showing them the difference between here's how a keyboard works on a PC, here's how it works on a Chromebook, and they earned a badge and everything. But I had a couple of students say, well, why are we learning this? I'm like, trust me, you're going to really do it. And they went. Believe it or not, the next class, and they were doing something in another class 
teacher came over to him and they're like, oh, wow, you're, you're really flying through that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I learned some shortcuts in Dr. Reed's class. Like, oh, yeah, those are some good things. But she's like, oh, you, you're doing it really fast. And the Chromebook is like, oh, he made us learn the Chromebook and the, and the PC. And they, she went, really? And sure enough, it, they, she, was, she was like, wow, you're right. That made my, my, my work time like half the time just learning. I like, oh, yeah, instead of moving my, my crack pads, like, okay, control, double click, uh, control plus bracket. Okay, there we go. Font size. And, I, and the teacher said, like, okay, double space. I said, oh, really? She goes, control A. She's like, control F2. Boom. There we go. Double space. And I looked at her like, what? <laughs> I think I could use some of uh, some of those shortcuts, too. That's uh, not yeah. a strength of mine. I'm, I'm good at some, and then some I am old-fashioned. But like I said, now I'm on a Mac here. So it's like I said, in the peripheral world, guys, we do all three. It's like here's a Mac, here's a PC, and here's you know a Chromebook, and just do it. And then I made them do a, a Google slide. It was on a Google slide, kind of like a mix and match. Like, okay, this is this is the shortcut. What does it do? And then like it might be simple as makes the decks darker. Oh, it's Control-B, bold it. But then on the last, I said, I want you to take two. Give me the difference between what it is on PC and one thing, like, Control D was an example. So Control D duplicates on Google. Control D, if something's selected in Word, it deletes it. So that was like it's the same. It's the same command, but it's different. And then I said, now do Control D on your on your browser. Like, oh, it's bookmarking. I said, yeah. See, and even those commands function different on a browser. So it was it was a nice little thing. But a lot of them never knew it. They were like really surprised. Right. And I said, Doctor, how do like I do this? It toggles through on a Chromebook, and then it toggles through my uh, my my pages on this. What does it What does it do on this? I said, hit the button and find out. And she went, Oh, that highlighted the the web address. I'm like, Yep, that's how it works. It's like on the other ones, it toggles. This one, it highlights. But she's like, That's so much faster than double clicking. I said, I know, isn't it? It's like learning a whole bunch of different languages right there. Yeah, in this case, it's computer language, but but I think that's a yeah. thing because yeah, many do wonder like, why am I learning this? I, I had a student years ago. She every single class was why are we learning this? Why are we learning this? She went and do a community college, and then she found out like, oh, I, I they're like looking at her like, oh wow, you know this really fast. She's like, oh yeah, my one teacher makes us do it, and she, they looked at him like, you have a great teacher. Do not do not ignore him because apparently he's doing it yeah. right. Now she told me this. And I'm like, I think that was the nicest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> It's great when you get that kind of feedback, though, right? I mean, you know, that's that's the interesting thing about being an educator is, you know, you invest and invest and invest, and it's sometimes you get the payoff, and sometimes you never see the payoff, or maybe it's twenty years down the road, yeah. you know, when a, when a kid reaches out, you know, or you know something like that, or you run into them somewhere, and you know, and they introduce you to their kid, you know, I mean, you just you just never know. Yeah, this was my first year where a former student of mine was now a teacher. So it was kind of like, oh, this was full circle. All oh, wow. of a sudden, they were, my, they, were, they were my coworker, and I just went, wow, that's finally happened. Why money my people? That is so cool. I, and and, uh, and, I, and yeah. I changed careers. I've only been doing this for 15 years, and like some of them have already been 20 or longer. They went right into school and continued to do it. But some of them were like, hey, I'm on my third kid that's now doing it. It's like, oh, yeah, wait until that. I have my first kid who – it's like I was a first-grade teacher. Now it's like that that kid is now their, – their, their son just came in. So how, do, how old do you think I feel? Well, I've never gotten to that point yet. So. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple had a couple that popped up today. You know, on Facebook it will show – you know, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday today. It's so-and-so's birthday today. And I looked and um, two of my former students are on there and they turned 39 today. And I'm like, no, that that's not okay. That's just not okay. <laughs> I find that, I find that mind-boggling. And they're not the oldest ones. I had kids before <laughs> I had those kids, you know. I mean, holy cow. 
Yeah, and I'm the same way. Like, guys, I don't friend you or follow you on anything until you've graduated. It's just how it is. It's like, even it's like even if I leave the school, it's like, nope, until you're graduated, I'm not doing it. But I had one the other day, and they were welcoming their second kid. I went, second kid? <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. And then I had another yeah. one where it's like, and I just did this and everything. Like, wait, you're 24? Like, you were 12 the other day. How do you mean you're 24? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, so I'll share this one with you. And this one, I love this one. This is this has been so much fun. So, um Two of my former students are, well, many are, but but two in particular are married to each other and have a uh, have a couple of kids. Um, the one um, he played basketball for me, and he reached out last year. And he's like, Coach, um, I got asked to coach a junior high basketball team, and when I first started coaching him, I coached him in junior high. Then I had him at the high school level as well, and. Um, he's like, it's just, you know, wow, I just, I'm wondering about this. And he just, you know, started running X and O's and all this kind of stuff by me. And well, his son is on the team. And this year, uh, in fact, tomorrow, he, uh, his son's team will play their, their, their end of season tournament. Um, they're the number two seed. They're all excited about this tournament, but he has been reaching back over the, you know, the last year and a half, just every now and again with coach, tell me about this, or what do you think about this? And, you know, Hey, I've got this idea of how I want to, you know, attack this one team and, you know, all this just really, really neat stuff to, you know, to, to hear one of my former athletes, one of my former, he was in my class too. Mm. Um, just, just picking my brain about that. Um, it's, it's just really been a, a cool full circle moment. And I actually got a message from him this morning just saying, Coach, I can't tell you how much I appreciate, you know, the last two seasons being able to just reach out and share thoughts with you. And I can't wait to watch my son play his final games tomorrow as a junior high student. And I just told him, I'm like, Brian, just go enjoy the moment, man. Just yeah. go enjoy the moment. And, man, you just you got to love those moments. That's That's why we do what we do. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, too. I had uh, my last year at my previous school, Dirk, so he went into the military and he had just gotten out, but uh, I had missed him, and he wrote me a whole page. And I used to, and it was so funny because he always loved it because he would come in during his study hall to rehearse on something. So he'd come in, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm in here. I'm like, come on, I'm like, come, in, come in, Derek. I'm fine. We can do this. And he would sit there, and we would talk. But he would always be working on something. We'd be like, oh, that's it, too. But then, like I said, my last year there, just before I left, they said, oh, yeah, he left. And like, and Dr. Reed's going to be leaving the district. And he's like, okay, I got to write this out because I don't know. the time. And he had a long list about things. But he also said, too, he's like, I still hate you for making me learn sketch notes. But I found out they actually worked in when I went into the job because a lot of people like had to draw things out. And I said, darn it. Why did you make me do that? Because I hated it. And I just took notes the old-fashioned way. And then I ended up using using what you had. So you are a really great teacher because you made me do things I didn't like. And I ended up finding out I had to use them later in life. even though I thought it was absolutely useless. And then he, he signed that up. And I, like, and I, I still have the letter. I mean, it's downstairs in my smile file in my, in my fireproof in yeah. my basement by my, by my collection area where I keep everything. And it was just like, that brought a tear to my eye. I was like, wow. <laughs> but I remember us, yeah. I, 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 I did lunch duty. I walked up to him and I said, how did those go? And he's like, you know, doc, he's like, Mr. E, cause I was, I didn't have my doctorate. And he goes, Mr. E, I'm sorry. I have to take notes. The old fashioned. And I do. And you see me take them in class. He's like, this is just how I do. I just, I mean, I like the idea, but I'm never going to use that. Flash forward three years later, and he used it. And <laughs> he was yeah. kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But I just like how he wrote it in his in his note too. And it was it was really a really a really good. That's really cool. Right I, I call those I call those bamboo moments. Um, you mm -hmm. know, when uh, I was a science guy, so you'll just have to bear with me a little bit here. But uh, uh, the Chinese bamboo plant. Um, the first four years that 
that the seeds have germinated, you don't see anything above the ground. It's just all right. root development and that kind of stuff. And then in year five, that plant will sprout and it'll grow 80 feet in six weeks. I mean, just it's just an amazing plant. And that's exactly what we do, right? Like, you know, for years and years, we're working on that infrastructure, that that root system. And then years later, you know, here's here's the payoff. And sometimes we get that payoff and sometimes we don't. But when we have those bamboo moments, when somebody reaches back out, and shares a story with you or, you know, tells you, you know, what they're doing in their life, you know, or, um, man, I had I had somebody once reach out. Like it had been 20 years since I had them in class. They had them for a semester. I really didn't feel like I built a relationship mm-hmm. with the kid. But, man, he reached out and sent me a message. It was probably about two years ago, just you know, can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Told me about all these challenges that he'd gone through in his life and how he kind of turned some things around. It was He was graduating um, to uh, um, uh, to become a vet tech and, you know, just how, how much he appreciated me never giving up on him. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I mean, just those moments in time when, you know, you have those stories where kids are like, you made an impact on me and, and we don't, we don't always know those moments. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Sanfilippo says it really, really well. You know, we, we don't get to decide which interaction a, a person remembers us for. And man, when, when kids reach back out and share those those types of stories, I just, again, I mean, that's that's a big part of what we do. And, you know, you're ultimately making a difference in the life of another human being. And it's those things are priceless, man. They really are. I agree with that. I mean, you really don't, especially when you have them for, like I said, once. I mean, like I said, my former student, I only had her for one semester. I had her sisters, though. I had her one sister all four years, and then I had the first two years of the other one here before they left. So, But I had made enough. I had made it. I mean, she'll probably, I don't know if she'll deny this or not, if she's listening, who knows. But, I mean, it was interesting how she did say, you know, like it was that and was it feel thing. And I, I felt like I didn't do enough with her versus her sister, who all four years helped with her with a scholarship. She loved coming to me. She loved Loved me as a teacher. Their youngest sister loved me and was really sad when I left because she said, well, you don't get to finish up my high school career. I'm just like, I'm sorry. It's just like, you know, the situations and I'm leaving right now on my yeah. own court. But, but it was interesting when we when we met each other that first day. And another thing, and I'll stop by her room. I don't stop by her room all the time. But her and I will have an interesting talk. And I remember her even saying one thing to me, too. Is like She's like, why do you check up on me like you're still my student? And sometimes I just want to make sure you're okay. And I think yeah. she needed to hear it that day. She really did. So, but it was it was like one of those moments too, where I just said like, "Hey, you're still my student. I still like to check up on you once in a while." And I've, yeah. I've done that. I've run into people, places. I had one student a couple of years ago. Sadly, not a great story. Dropped out. Got his GED. I ran into him by accident. Just stopping by a store and I said, Hey, how are you? And he's like, I loved your class, Dr. Reed. I know I wasn't the best student, but I loved your class and I never wanted, and I know things didn't work good for me when I left the school, but he's like you and so-and-so and like, he named like five of us teachers. Like I loved you guys as teachers and I'm sorry. I was, I didn't, I didn't do better for you guys. He's like, he, cause he realized he didn't do it at that point, but it was, it was kind of a moment where it's like, you know, I don't hear that. You didn't you hear that. And you're like, man, I don't know what went wrong with that, that, that girl, right. that boy, and to see him, you know, completely by accident. It was, it was good. He, he was doing well for him. So I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but it was nice that he just said that like, Hey, you know, you and these other teachers, I loved your classes and I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I didn't meet those. 
what you guys were expecting out of me or just what the school was expecting out of me. And he just, you know, he kind of moved on from there. And, you know, it, it's, it was a story like that. But I have to say it was very impactful. I mean, to just hear him say that. So yeah. It, it's something you don't hear a lot. Right. Yeah. No, that's good, yeah. man. I love those. I love those stories. It just, yeah. Yeah, we well, could go on and on and on with those. Oh, that's what I mean, too. Yeah. You know, Darren, this has been great. I mean, this whole time. I know we got other things coming up, too. But, you know, what do you got coming up for you here for, you know, what's the what's the next uh, what's the next uh, side road to the road of awesome there coming up here? Yeah. So, well, <laughs> you know, lots of lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff happening here, you know, obviously um, with uh, with the publishing side of our business, um, we've. Man, we've we've just released a whole bunch of new books. You know, last year we've got some new books coming this year. Um, uh, I'm I'm in the process of writing a new book right now. Um, I'm actually partnered with uh, um, a uh, another just just wonderful wonderful uh, educator and author, Katie Kinder, and I are writing a book together on uh, mm-hmm. classroom culture. Um, we have uh, the next book we have coming out, uh, Coach Kurt Hines. Um, has an incredible book called uh, Call to Empower that'll be out probably in about the next two months. Um, and then a bunch of others. Uh, we've we've got, I don't know, eight or 10 new books that'll come out uh, through Road to Awesome during the course of this calendar year. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the podcast continues to grow there. You can see uh, as you're scrolling through a whole bunch of the books that we've published over the last couple of years. And um, just some amazing educators. I'll, I'll tell you this, this work here, um, and this is, I guess, maybe a unique piece with Road to Awesome. We're, we're just a family business. Uh, myself, my wife, uh, my wife does all of the, the work on the, on the book side. She is, I mean, she's the editor, the art director. I mean, she does all the book construction, uh, just a brilliant, brilliant job with it. Um, but, uh, one of the really cool pieces with this is just getting to, to build the relationships with with these individuals and to hear their stories, um, you know everybody's got a story, uh, and and they they need to be they need to be out there. They need to be shared, and and that's a beautiful part of the work that we do at Road to Awesome. Um, so many wonderful books, and just you know, like I said, every one of them wonderful story behind them. But but yeah, for for me the the big thing right now, like I said, working on a new book. Um, and uh, the podcast continues to grow. Leaning into leadership is the podcast, yep. and uh, yeah, just continuing to to work and and support school leaders all over the country. Um, uh, I don't remember if I said this. I think I said this before we hit the record button. I'm getting ready to jump on an airplane again on Sunday. I'm on an airplane like all the time um, and, and actually heading back into my hometown. I'm, I'm flying back mm-hmm. into Casper, Wyoming, where I grew up and working with a school district in Douglas, Wyoming, which is just about 45 minutes away. And um, then, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be at a bunch of conferences, uh, February, March, April, um, speaking at a lot, a lot of different places. The big ones, I guess, uh, coming up, um, let's see. The very end of the month, I'm at the uh, Innovative Schools Conference in New York. Um, I'm at the, right after that, about a week later, I'm speaking at the Virginia Middle School Association Conference at James Madison University. Right after that, North Carolina Mid-Level Educators Conference in Charlotte. The Nebraska School Business Officials uh, Conference in Lincoln, Nebraska, in very early April. Um, A conference called... um, 
wide open spaces in Oregon uh, in, in mid-April, mm-hmm. and there's more, but that's about as much as my brain can remember at this point in time. But <laughs> see, see lots, guys, lots and lots of travel, Aaron, lots and lots Aaron. of supporting leaders, and just, you know what? The road to awesome is awesome, and, and that's, <laughs> that's what I'll say. You know, as, as Cheryl Crow said, it's a winding road, as they say. In the it is. It is. Yeah, goes, goes back and I got a lot of frequent flyer miles, man. <laughs> Very true. It's like you, my brother-in-law, I could probably have a little talk about that. I've been here and I've been here and I've been here. It's like, they, so yeah. if any of you guys are in those areas, anybody's talking about, like I said, I'll have uh, in the show notes and the audio version, we'll have his website and everything. So you can check out the dates and everything in the podcast, the upcoming books. But uh, Darren, yeah, I want to, th- I want to thank you so much. I mean, I've, I've listened to the episodes. I've read quite a few things of views over the last couple of years. So I want to thank you, especially as somebody who has been back and forth and everything from leadership to classroom to might be heading back into leadership going forward here in a couple other things um but yeah i mean i think uh it's amazing here i'm glad you're out there inspiring many of us who do need to hear it sometimes and it's just it, it's 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 amazing the work you do and i i'm very happy you're here doing it for all of us out there well i appreciate it ryan i appreciate the conversation today man what, what a great way to wrap up a week um just sit around talk leadership talk education um just certainly brought a smile to my face and i appreciate what you're doing i love your podcast and you know just keep on keeping on man I, I am playing on to it. It's so one thing here. I mean, like I said, I, I closed down the blog this past year because really I wasn't writing as much. I mean, I've talked about some other things, but I, the podcast has been has been there for me for a long time. And I, I don't see myself ending unless they officially just, you know, yeah. take away my, my equipment or something else happens. But if, if anybody, <laughs> people ask me, like, Ryan, are you, like, are you never going to are you going to keep with the podcast? Like, I don't see a reason why not to. In fact, I love going on other podcasts. That's why I do things like the crawl space. It's addictive, isn't it? I mean, it's it is like addictive. addictive. Well, like when I'm, just the conversations. Know, well, you've seen my perler beads. I will actually, when I'm working on a, a project, I put on an episode and I just go. And sometimes I'll work like the whole time, and sometimes I'll like I'll I'll finish three projects, like listening to four episodes of somebody else's from you know from she and Pav yeah. to yours to to in, aspiring yeah. the lead. So it's like people to realize like, boy, Ryan, you read a lot of books. Like I listen yeah. to a lot of podcasts. When do you do that? It's like when I sit down and I'm just doing it. It's yeah. easy to listen to it. So it's Oh, absolutely. Work. Yeah. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to get you on leaning into leadership for sure. Man. I, we'll, I'd be uh, more than we'll, happy. We'll turn, to... the, turn this around, make it a, make it a true home and home. I, I, I love it when I, when we do that too. I know I got one I got coming up here later on in uh, hopefully end of March where we're going to, we're going to do a switch around. So I want to do one episode and then we're going to flip around an hour later and I'm going to be on their episode, kind of do the little double. That's so much fun. Yeah. Everybody else there, um, I thank you for joining us today on the Pixel Classroom Podcast here with Darren Pepper, and uh, we will see everyone later. Mm-hmm.